Welcome back to another episode of the Inquisitive Mama podcast, episode 45. We have a lot to get into in tonight's show. Uh, back here on the West Coast, per usual, uh, episode 45, MLB, a little bit of that, NBA, NFL, and college football. So first off, the highlight of tonight's show for me, for these first few minutes of the NFL, will be about Zach Wilson. A lot of the media this past uh, couple days since the game on Sunday against the Patriots in the game, they lost 10 to three, which was on the last play of the game from Marcus Jones, who returned the punt. Uh, so Zach Wilson. So <clears throat> is it, are we ready to, you know, turn, turn the page on him? Are we ready to, you know, bench him? Well, for me, I know he's only been a starter for right around, a year now and he's still very young in this league but the jets uh in my opinion are ready to win now and the thing about the jets that really gets me is is they have the pieces watching them against that in that patriots game with their front seven with you know quinnon williams quincy williams uh you know some of their other guys and then their back end obviously with sauce gardner who's been in a you know an amazing rookie all year you look and you go i really just think zach wilson is holding this team back and they have offensive pieces obviously i know they lost you know Brees hall and they still have you know michael carter uh, Corey Davis, you know, went down earlier this year, but, you know, they got a playmaker in Elijah Moore who had a, you know, good rookie year last year at Ole Miss, and he really hasn't even gotten the ball. And, you know, it just goes to show you that Zach Wilson is holding his team back. And just his attitude, you know, on on the field, off the field, and then really got me, which is, you know, this is a huge story, was the reporters, you know, asked him a question, and he goes, you know, do you, they asked him, do you think you let the team down? And he goes, no. Well, I understand it's a team game and there's 52 people on the roster, but, you know, the quarterback, you know, holds the most weight, which we all understand that. So, you know, you sit there and you go, you're a player on the team and you put your blood, sweat and tears into the game, you know, every week in and week out, you practice every day and you're, you know, your quarterback or you, you know, you think your franchise quarterback, the you know, guy you drafted number two out of BYU. And he sits there and he goes, no, well, he should be the one that is taking the blame for that loss. And I understand, you know, you can sit there and, you know, watch the tape and go, well, some receivers weren't getting separation or this and that, but this isn't the first game from Zach Wilson where he's played like this. This has, you know, been a, a reoccurrence with him and it's really starting to get me his just his attitude and the way he just handles himself. If you're a leader of the team, you sit there and you take the blame for it. Most of the quarterbacks around the league have, you know, played, you know, piss poor before and have taken the blame for it. it, it it's it's not the first time that Zach Wilson has been in this type of situation. So if I'm Robert Sala, I'm sitting there and I'm reevaluating that quarterback position for the rest of the or for the rest of the season. I know they got you know Mike White and Joe Flacco left on the roster. Those are the two quarterbacks, but. Yeah, I think you really need to sit Zach Wilson down and, you know, really, you know, put him in his place. It just doesn't really seem like he wants to, he really cares. And I know, you know, sometimes he shows flashes and, you know, sometimes, you know, he'll, he'll, you know, like I said, you know, show flashes, but he'll also take a step back and you just really, you know, you haven't gotten there with him yet. And, you know, there's, you know, there's been other situations with other quarterbacks around the league, even a few years ago with the Josh Rosen thing, you know, they moved on from Josh Rosen, the Cardinals did, you know, right away, and they figured out, well, maybe the Jets need to move on from Zach Wilson and just, you know, close that chapter and go, hey, you know, we, we, you know, we appreciate everything you gave us, basically, just a mutual, you know, agreement at the end of this year, I just, I'm just not there yet with him, and I haven't been, and, you know, just, just the careless turnovers, and just his, you know, the way he plays. So that's a little bit of Zach Wilson. And I will get into that Patriots chess game in a little bit. But you know, how about that Chargers Chiefs game on Sunday night? It's always an instant classic between these two teams. And, you know, with Mahomes and Herbert going up and at it, it feels just like every game they play, it's just, a, you know, a shootout, a dogfight. It comes down to the wire. And just when you thought the Chargers had it in the bag, they gave Mahomes right around a minute 30 left. And he marched right down the field and they ended up winning the game with, 
who else? Travis Kelsey, Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, the best duo in football. I would say yes, but you know, just another instant classic with the, between those two teams. Moving on to the Vikings and the Cowboys, a game where it was penciled in on your schedule midway through this season, where the Vikings were eight and one, and the Cowboys were. Um, Six and six and three after the game, they just came off losing against Green Bay and a tough loss for them. But in my opinion, the way that game really came about when it first started, I guess it was from the first snap with Micah Parsons when he uh, ran around Darisaw and he sacked Kirk Cousins in that opening play and they got the ball back. I personally think that changed the entire momentum of that game. It really, really got to me. And I was like watching it on my TV and I'm like, this game completely changed after that play and from there on out the Cowboys dominated that game with seven sacks on defense they didn't turn they didn't turn back they didn't turn back and they just looked lights out and in, in the Cowboys have a great defense they really do and their secondary you know can be a little skeptical at times but their front seven is just a force with Lawrence Parsons um uh Vander Ash they I mean they just they have they have good pieces you know just all around on that front seven and it's just it's week in and week out they're just coming I mean they're sending guys like you know left and right just the way that Dan Quinn is dialing up those blitzes the way that you know he's got those guys playing they're believing and you know I don't like Mike McCarthy as a head coach I never have but I mean when you've got Kellen Moore and Dan Quinn you know kind of running the show which for Kellen Moore for the offense and Dan Quinn for the defense I mean, you're going to be okay. And this is another thing, too. I'm just going to throw this in here. If they can add Odell Beckham Jr. to that offense, oh, my goodness. Gallup is just starting to kind of come around. you got Pollard and Zeke, you know, together. I'm not the biggest Zeke fan. Pollard had a hell of a game. I think he finished, the, you know, on the day with 106 receiving yards. I mean, that wheel route that Dak threw to him was the bread and butter. That was, be- that was beauty. But, um, but, yeah, no, that's just kind of my feeling on the Cowboys. They have the offense, but if they can add a guy like Odell Beckham, and I know Odell's kind of, you know, he's coming off that big ACL injury. He's hurt, you know, his knee. He's gotten two ACL surgeries in the past. But just if Odell is half the player that he was for the Rams, he could just provide a huge spark to this Cowboys offense. And the Cowboys O-line has been kind of underrated. Uh, they were, you know, cut, they came in pretty banged up this year, and they've been great. That, how about that rookie Tyler Smith out of Tulsa? He's just been a he's just been a force to be reckoned with. But I want to briefly talk about that Packers and Titans game. The Titans ended up winning twenty seven to seventeen, and I was really in on that game. And I was thinking, oh man, like, you know the Packers beat the Cowboys last week. Can can you have any faith in them? I remember I said on last week's show, I'm I'm still not you know I'm not there yet on the Packers. And do you can you trust them? No, and clearly you can't, especially after the game. But the rookie Christian Watson has five touchdowns in his last two games: three against the Cowboys, two against the Titans. So we'll leave it at that. But you know the Titans, they play that smash mouth type of football. They pound it, they run a ground and pound you on the game. They'll punch you in the mouth. And how about David Long and Jeffrey Simmons kind of just controlling that game from the line of scrimmage? So those are my little thoughts on the on the Packers and the Titans. Moving on back to the Patriots and the Jets. Mac Jones didn't even play bad. I think he was twenty three of twenty seven with two hundred forty six yards. And you can you can look that up, but I'm pretty sure he was. And I, I just think it's Matt Patricia holding his team back. Mac Jones is not turning the ball over like he was in the beginning of the year. But obviously the Patriots don't have the playmakers that you know a lot of the other teams have. You know, especially on the outside. You know, they're, you know the vertical side. And but they do have the run game and the you know two headed monster with Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson. And just the way those two guys are running the ball is you know exceptionally well but the problem with the Patriots is is their offensive line and it, it's it's weird to say that because in recent years the Patriots offensive line has been you know you know exceptionally well it's been lights out but 
David Andrews, he went down with a thigh injury. You know, he missed the, I think it was two games before because of a concussion. And he, on the outside, uh, Trent Brown hasn't really lived up to it this year. I mean, they, I mean, the Jets really dominated uh, that that game from the line of scrimmage. I mean, they, I think they had, uh, you know, six or seven sacks as well. So, I mean, they they dominated that game from the line of scrimmage. And But like I said, Mac Jones didn't play bad and he didn't play exceptionally well, but he didn't turn the ball over. And the, the Patriots were moving the ball at times. I mean, they missed the two field goals, but don't, you know, don't get me wrong about that Patriots and the Jets game. The Patriots controlled that game, not from the line of scrimmage, but they they won that game. I know they won on the punt return, but I personally think that they won that game, you know, fair and square. I think, you know, it was going to come down to, Obviously, you know, last, you know, last possession and hey, you know, so be it. They won on a punt return, but crazy Jets average stat here. They averaged 2.77 inches per play in the second half. Zach Wilson threw the ball nine times, nine times. He had nine passes. So, but yeah, the Patriots, Marcus Jones, little rookie out of uh, Houston, uh, you know, another gem from Belichick. It was the first punt return from a player for this season for a touchdown. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. So the Patriots this week, they have the Vikings coming up, which should be, you know, a good game. The Vikings are obviously going to be favored, you know, coming off that brutal loss against the Cowboys. But I think it'll be a good game. Um, I'm hoping so, at least, especially on Thanksgiving. You want to eat some turkey, you want to watch some football. And, you know, hopefully that's the uh, the good primetime game. It's on NBC. Good primetime game. Moving on to the Raiders and the Broncos quickly. Uh, Devontae Adams, you know, he dominated that game from start to finish. And he actually caught the game-winning touchdown in overtime, you know, crushing the Broncos. Uh, hopes of any, you know, sort of, you know, wild card or whatever you want to call it that they, uh, you know, thought that they would get themselves into. And I was really high on the Broncos at the beginning of this year. And I'm still disappointed in them. And, you know, obviously they just haven't really lived up to it. But this is what really got me. Devontae Adams said that Pat Sertain, you know, the, the sensational corner out of Alabama, who's been great the past, um, this is his second season now. And uh, he said he's not there yet. Well, I don't think it's fair to say is he not there yet because obviously, you know, you're guarding, they're covering the, you know, re- you know, guarding the number one receiver, you know, week in and week out. And Sertan is, uh, you know, Sertan has definitely done that. And Devontae Adams is obviously no slouch. So is it fair to really say he's not there yet? I don't think so. But I mean, he did get eaten alive in that game. There was a couple routes that I saw that, you know, Devontae had him. But Devontae is obviously, you know, arguably one of the best route runners in the NFL. So, you know, it totally makes sense. But to say that he's not there yet, I don't think that's fair to say. I'm sticking with that one. So Niners blow out the Cardinals last night on Monday Night Football, 38 to 10. Colt McCoy looked like he was trying to turn back the clock in the beginning of the game, but you know, Shanahan had other plans for Cliff Kingsbury and just the that you know the offensive juggernaut. And like I said, uh, Elijah Mitchell, he's back. He, he looked, you know, he looks good from that knee injury. I think he he missed weeks two through nine and he's back now. McCaffrey was, you know, um, you know, good per usual. Debo Samuel was lights out. Nothing, nothing, uh, no surprise there. But Jimmy G played great. Uh, you know, I mean, you can rip on Jimmy G all you want, but he's been pretty solid this year. But let's see if Jimmy G can, you know, sustain that, you know, throughout the rest of the season. But um that Eagles Colts game was really close. The Colts ended up uh, losing by one point. I know Jeff Saturday picked up his win last week against the Raiders in a you know twenty four to twenty uh, battle, but Eagles they found a way to win. And how about Trey Sirianni at the end of the game taunting Colts fans, Frank Reich's former team? And I think it definitely had something to do with that. And that game was personal for you know a guy like Trey Sirianni. And, uh, you know, that game really got me late in the fourth quarter. A.J. Brown fumbled, and then Jonathan Taylor fumbled, and then the Eagles ended up pulling away with that one-point victory. So it'll be interesting to see how, uh, you know, the Colts finish the rest of the season. Now they're four, uh, six, and one. But we talked about the NFL for a little bit. Now we're going to shift our focus to college football. We're going to talk briefly about college football, and then uh, we'll get into a little bit of NBA 
and uh, talk like a minute or two about MLB, and we'll wrap it up for uh, for tonight's show. How about that USC UCLA recap? I'm watching that game for the most part in DTR. If you don't know who DTR is, Dorian Thompson uh, Robinson. I talked about him on last week's episode, as well as Caleb Williams, a juggernaut from uh, Southern California, right over here. And uh, obviously he's from Washington, D.C., but, you know, obviously plays for USC. And what really got me was is that game was just so back and forth. And U.S. Or excuse me, UCLA had a 14 to zero lead to start that game. And then USC kind of crept back in it. They, you know, they got the momentum. The high powered offense really started to show. And really what, what it was is Dorian, you know, DTR, Dorian Thompson Robinson played a great game, but it was a turnovers for him. I think he had two interceptions and then that interception at the end of the game really costed them. But, you know, recap of that game, you know, it was a, 48 to 45, high scoring all throughout. Jordan Addison, I think he had a buck 80 on the day. Williams had 494. Dorian Thompson Robinson, I think he had over, you know, right around 250, 260. So, I mean, it was a good game overall. But, you know, Lincoln Riley, you know, comes out on top and he, um, you know, proves to, you know, UCLA that, that, you know, they are the better team. And, you know, it really went to show you that I, you know, they think they are the better team. And you'll, you know, now that they're in the Pac 12 championship, they're waiting to see who they're going to play uh, next. Uh, Next Friday, I think it's either going to be Washington or Oregon. I think Oregon will be a really good matchup for them, and I think Oregon will be in the matchup for them. Uh, moving on to uh, Tennessee's Hendon Hooker. Uh, any chance of Tennessee, you know, getting into the playoffs is completely over now with the injury of Hendon Hooker tearing his ACL. Brutal, brutal, brutal injury for him who had a, you know, Heisman potential year. Uh, and it just, you know, really sucks for, you know, Tennessee fans and obviously, you know, Hendon Hooker. But uh, you know, South Carolina, I guess they came to play and they they lit it up. Spencer Rattler in the day with six touchdowns. Thank God he didn't do it against my Gators last week. But uh, yeah, any chance of Tennessee getting into the playoffs is, you know, over now. Sadly, I mean, they're, they're going to get a good bowl game, but no no chance of the playoffs now. My Florida Gators blundered at Vandy. That was a disappointing game. And, you know, coming into that game, I knew it was going to be a tough one. I think the Gators were favored by, I think it was three. Don't quote me on that. It was something around there. But it was just, you know, a rough game all around. And they were down by 16 at one point, and they ended up coming back close. They ended up losing 31 to 24. But that controversial targeting call on Ventral Miller really, really got me. Was it targeting? I mean, he led with his shoulder, but, you know, they any anything close to the helmet, they're going to call, you know, nowadays, obviously, you know, trying to protect these players. And I, I get it, but I don't think it was targeting. I want to move on to Georgia uh, versus Kentucky. Kentucky, they were ranked for most of the year, and, you know, now they're not ranked, obviously. Levis went down with an injury. They lost to Vandy last week. He's been kind of banged up. What really got me in that game was Georgia's defense. They dominated from start to finish. I mean, you know, Jalen Carter and Keely Ringo, I think, really controlled that game, especially Jalen Carter on the on the D-line. I mean, he's probably going to go, you know, one between one to five in the, in the draft. I mean, he was sensational in that game. But Georgia's defense really controlled that game. And Kentucky made a late push at the end. But they just they just couldn't you know fend off uh, you know Georgia at the end. But how about Kenny McIntosh, Georgia's running back? I think he ran for you know some somewhere around one one you know one thirty one forty, and you know Georgia dominated that game. You know don't let the score you know fool you. But you know it's it's impressive that you know they do this week in and week out, and it, they do it in different ways. They'll score a lot of points on you one week, and then the next week they won't score a lot, but their defense will show up. And I just I really think it's. Georgia is just a force to be reckoned with. And that's, you know, super obvious, but it just each week, they just impress me in different ways. And, you know, their play, their, their star players show up. They just have the three headed, you know, monster with uh, McConkey, uh, you know, Bowers, and they have, uh, you know, the, the, you know, freakish tight end Washington. So, I mean, you know, Georgia, they're just, they're, they're that, like I said, you know, back to last week's episode, that LSU Georgia game is going to be a hell of a game. It's going to be a lot of fun. Georgia ended up, excuse me, Georgia, LSU ended up beating UAB 41 to 10. 
uh, you know, move talk, you know, about Georgia, excuse me, LSU, you know, a little bit. So, but yeah, SEC championship for them next week and Georgia plays uh, Georgia tech this week. So it'll be interesting to see how that game will go. I'm sure they'll blow them out, but moving on to the Lane Kiffin rumors about Ole Miss and Auburn, you know, this past week, you know, we hear a lot of, you know, you know, grumbles and rumbles about Lane Kiffin. If he's going to go to Auburn, my quick thoughts on that. I personally think Lane Kiffin should take the Auburn job. And the reason why I think Lane Kiffin should take the Auburn job, because one, I think, you know, overall they are a better program. They recruit better. They have more money. Their boosters are willing to, you know, invest more into their coats than Ole Miss. I, I just don't see, I don't see Ole Miss going up any more than where they're at now. I think they've lost now. I think it's two games on the season. They're right around like the, uh, actually, no, they lost actually this past week. So I just don't see Ole Miss, you know, going up any further than the when than where they're at now. I just don't see it really changing. So I personally think he should take the Auburn job before somebody else takes it. And I, I think he will take that. I know there's been a lot of, you know, rumors and reports saying that, you know, he told his players that he's all in at Ole Miss, but I just don't buy it. I don't buy it from Lane Kiffin. I just think Lane Kiffin will hop ship. And that's just the kind of coach he is. It's just, it's just the impression I get from him. I want to briefly talk about the OSU-Michigan game coming up this week. OSU is ranked two and Michigan is ranked three. Yes, we finally made it to Thanksgiving weekend of football, the last official regular season weekend of college football. McCarthy versus Stroud should be a hell of a game. Can you be impressed with Michigan uh, last week against, you know, Illinois? Illinois is a solid team, but I do think, you know, it had a little bit to do with the uh, potential injury of Blake Corum Heisman, potential running back who's had a sensational year. You know, before at halftime, he went down with that knee injury. And I really think that affected Michigan from the rest of the rest of the way because, you know, their offense is heavily, heavily focused around him. So, but I think it'll be a good game, you know, overall. I do expect Ohio State to, you know, to win. Um, I think it'll be a close game, though, but I'm I'm gonna rock with Ohio State in this one. And if Michigan can pull off in this win, ooh, that'll be amazing for college football. And it'll be amazing for uh Michigan fans in the Jim Harbaugh era because he hasn't, you know, been able to really, you know, sustain his dominance against Ohio State. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, how that game goes. And I really wish, uh, you know, Jackson uh, Smith and Jigba would, you know, was healthy this year. And, you know, we were able to see him for most of this year, but we haven't seen him, you know, because of that hamstring injury he suffered in week one against Notre Dame. But um, I'm hoping for a great game, but I think I'm just going to have to go with OSU in this one. I have some Michigan fans, but I just I have to rock with uh, OSU in this one. Moving on to the Florida FSU game, uh, the battle of the state of Florida. Uh, FSU is favored by nine and a half points. I got so many FSU fans. I got so many UF fans, and a lot of them really don't know about college football, you know, like that. But they just they watch the game. And but uh, man, I just think nine and a half points in this one is a lot. I understand FSU is ranked 16th, um, and you know F. Florida's, you know, banged up and they've had some, you know, issues with their program as of late and Billy Neighbors, you know, kind of, you know, finding his identity with this team. Uh, you know, he's tried to find it, you know, throughout this year and Richardson's, you know, shown flashes. He's been up and down. But I just think in an in-state rivalry game like this, you know, SEC versus ACC, uh, nine and a half points is just a little too much for me to, you know, hop on that train. So I'm going to take UF plus nine and a half. That's just, you know, how I'm feeling. I think it'll be a close game. FSU is definitely the favorite. Florida has no business winning this game. FSU really should win this game. They're ranked 16th. So, but yeah, we talked about the NFL. We talked about college football. Briefly, I want to talk about the MLB. I'm a big Yankees fan, and I saw the reports about Aaron Jones potentially signing with the Giants, not signing with the Giants, and he landed in San Francisco and because he's a hometown giant, uh, San Francisco uh, Giants guy. So, 
We shall see. I'm really hoping that that doesn't happen, but we have a long MLB offseason. Uh, you know, Kershaw re-signed with the Dodgers. Um, Bellinger was uh, basically given away from the Blue, uh, not the Blue Jays, the uh, Dodgers, even though I saw some reports that he could go to the Blue Jays. So this MLB offseason winter will be interesting to see. But uh, actually, just about an hour ago in the NBA, I'm briefly talking about the NBA, uh, Patrick Beverly, uh, DeAndre Ayton, and Devin Booker were in uh, were involved in you know kind of a, a scrum basically. And Ayton had another you know sensational game. I think he finished with 31, 18, and five. One of the first players since nineteen seventy four to have you know a certain a certain stat line. I didn't read the exact number uh, part of the stat line, but it was you know impressive. It was sensational. Um, but LeBron missed his fifth game. But you know the um, the uh, the Beverly Ayton Booker situation is, you know, going to be the highlight of the night. And Beverly, you know, went over to Aiton as he kind of like basically body slammed him into the ground. And I'm not one for violence on the court, but, you know, when you stand over a player like Aiton standing over, you know, uh, Reeves like that and taunting him basically, because, you know, Booker basically, you know, took out Reeves. And I didn't really see, you know, I didn't watch most of the game, but I did see, you know, that ending. And I, I just thought like what Beverly did was, you know, he he lit a little bit of fire under the Lakers. Obviously, you know, they've been struggling this season, even though they've won, you know, three straight, even without LeBron. But, you know, doing something like that is never called for. But you just know, being an NBA fan, that Pat Beverly is going to be involved in something like that somewhere along the way in the NBA season. You know, it's going to happen and it was bound to happen. And that was the first time this season, you know, he's gotten into a scrap with the Lakers. Do I agree with it? No, but you have to stick up to your teammates, especially, you know, a team that's struggling and you have to show, you know, the other team that we're not going to back down. And, you know, Booker had, you know, some words for Beverly at the end of the game and, you know, to uh, reporter Chris Haynes. And I just think that Beverly, you know, stuck up for, you know, himself and he stuck up for his teammate. And he said, you're not going to just push us around like that. So that's kind of where I'm going to leave it at that. But I uh, really hope you enjoyed this episode. You know, I tried to get everything in as quick as I could. It's pretty late here on the West Coast. But like I said, I want everybody to have a great Thanksgiving. Enjoy the time with your family, your friends. Enjoy that turkey. Watch some football. Enjoy the World Cup for all those soccer fans out there. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on iHeartRadio, as well as TikTok and Instagram clips. I want to say thank you, as always, for tuning in to the Inquisitive Mamba podcast. This was episode 45. We'll see you next time.